0: Welcome to Spiritual Onion. By any measure, organized religion in America is in free fall. Regardless of the pandemic, those who indicate none, N-O-N-E, on religious preference surveys remain the largest growing demographic in America. Why? It's hard to believe, but in part, because of a church council in 869 AD, held in the city of Constantinople. That may be difficult to accept, but their soul lost its place in the Christian view of the human being. Our idea of human nature devolved from the structure of spirit, soul, and body to a dualism of spirit and body. Soul left the room. Yet much earlier, the letters of St. Paul in the New Testament started the whole process of eliminating soul from religious reflection and expression. Paul uses psyche or soul only four times in all his letters. Instead, Paul stresses spirit action, that which lifts us up and out of ourselves, speaking in tongues, ecstasy, prophecy, truth with a capital T and faith without doubt, spiritual warfare, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. Spirit manifests quickly, spontaneously, intensely. Spirit flies Paul to the third heaven. Spirit dominates the New Testament. The Greek word for spirit, pneuma, appears 257 times. Where did soul go when it left the room in 869 AD? It traveled underground in such practices as alchemy, until it resurfaced at the beginning of the 20th century with Freud's first book on dreams, and then more fully in the work of Carl Jung, including the apt title, Modern Man in Search of a Soul. James Hillman points out that this traditional denial of soul continues within the attitudes of each of us, whether Christian or not. For we each are unconsciously affected by our culture's tradition, the unconscious aspect of our collective life. There has been an anti-soul spirituality in our Western life, leaving us with the stark emptiness of a soulless spirituality. What is the difference between spirit and soul? James Hillman, the noted Jungian psychotherapist and father of archetypal psychology, is most responsible for drawing our attention to the lack of soul in psychology, theology, Western culture, and the world at large. Spirit resides on the mountaintop, Mount Sinai, Mount Olympus, the Mount of Olives, consider the peak experiences of the psychologist Abraham Maslow. The language Maslow uses about peak experiences is self-validating, self-justifying, self-affirming, a traditional way of describing spiritual experiences. So, for instance, from the New Testament, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Yes, we're high on the high mountain, and we want to stay as high as we can for as long as we can. This is the intoxication of spirit. Because what happens when they come back down to earth? Well, it says, the next day when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. So down from the spirit high and smack into the face of suffering. Psychologically, suffering and healing of both religious culture and secular culture change over time. We lived through the guilt culture where spirit addressed guilt through forgiveness. We then live through the shame culture when spirit address shamed through acceptance. We are now living in a trauma culture and spirit has no answer. For forgiveness and acceptance lift us up. But we cannot get over trauma. Trauma cannot be transcended. The only way to address trauma is through soul moving downward, entering the abyss where trauma abides. Further, spirit cannot and will not lift us out of the climate crisis where we are creating hell on earth, complete with its endless fires. I guess we're just missing the pitchfork. Fire symbolizes spirit, and we just don't need any more heat. Spirit cannot lift up the countless women, children, and yes, men who have been sexually abused by spirit-filled priests. The wounds are too deep. Spirit cannot heal those displaced, damaged, and damned by spirit-infused violence. Spirit cannot heal the millions who have been constricted, constrained, confused, and condemned by spirit-filled preachers and congregations. Spirit actually fuels the rise of fundamentalism with its religious madness soaring to the heights of hyperbole. We are past the point where we need more of spirit's upward movement. We desperately need the downward movement of soul, our souls, the soul of the world, the soulfulness of God. We will not survive a stand-alone, soulless spirituality. Spirit likes action, busy, busy, busy. We are busy to the point of mania, complete with sleep disorders. And as Hillman says, the only sane response to mania is depression. Grief walking through the valley of the shadow of death is now diagnosed as depression in the latest diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders and treated with a pill. The biochemical fantasy does not allow for melancholia and deeper, darker feelings. Leap up and out of the valley of the shadow of death as soon as possible and get back to feeling happy. For happiness is the territory of spirit mania. Out of over 200 feeling words, spirit clutches happiness as if it is meant to be the eternal emotion. And if we're not happy, there must be something wrong with us, with our relationships, with our lives. Something needs to change and fast. Mark's Gospel, considered the oldest of the four Gospels, remains fast-paced from beginning to end. The actions of Jesus happen immediately or suddenly. If you didn't know better, you would think this is Speedy Gonzales, not Jesus Christ. Spirit loves busy, 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 don't stop, quitters never win. Spirit likes speed, speed dating the 90-day fiancé, Irritation at that slow poke at the checkout line, anger at the slow driver, impatience over the computer hitch. Spirit shouts, just get over it. I want to take you higher, sings Sly Stone. And let's watch the ever-popular Elevation Church. Spirit ascends and manifests in every religious model, that creates levels, stages, and steps. Onward and upward. Every day we're getting better and better despite all evidence to the contrary. We strive after higher consciousness. Icarus flies higher and higher until the sun melts his flight of fancy. What about lower consciousness? What about sending me to the moon? How about the descent into darkness and depth? The way up is the way down, say the ancients. In this regard, Richard Rohr points out that the most telling thing about the newly discovered baptismal cave of John the Baptist is that there are exactly 28 steps down into the drowning pool exactly like the 28 hot rocks that are brought into the native sweat lodge. These so-called primitive people understood the cyclic death symbolism of 28 and used it for initiation. Every woman knows it every month, but men have to be taught, and it seems that John's original baptism was indeed an initiation into that precise meaning the necessary cycle of death and rebirth. Without the descent to soul, spirit deteriorates into liberal spirituality, hardly distinguishable from liberal politics. Without the descent to soul, spirit deteriorates into liberal spirituality, hardly distinguishable from liberal politics. Without the descent to soul, spirit takes the scriptures and turns them into a guide to happiness, success, health, wealth, and relationships full of gleaming, toothsome smiles. A God who has an incredible life plan for your one amazing, incredible life. Just like Jesus, right? Oops. Without soul, spirit's message loses energy over time. Ideas such as grace, God's love, forgiveness, salvation lose their zip. There's no more meat on the bone. Rather than spirit leading us to an experience that created the content of these once powerful words, churches teach us to mindlessly repeat the formulations from long ago leaving us soulless and empty. But we know not to say anything to the sellers of spirit. Folks, the world is in free fall. As the poet William Butler Yeats wrote 100 years ago in his poem, The Second Coming, turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out when a vast image out of spiritus mundi, travels my sight somewhere in sands of the desert a shape with lion body and the head of a man a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun is moving its slow thighs while all about it reels shadows of the indignant desert birds the darkness drops again but now i know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle And what rough beast its hour come round at last slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. Yet denial is a spirit strategy. Don't look at the record-breaking worldwide heat indexes. Just turn up the air-conditioning it's all good. No, it's not. Another poet, John Keats, leads us down into soul. Call the world, if you please, the veil of soul-making. Then you will find out the use of the world. I will call the world a school instituted for the purpose of teaching little children to read. I will call the human heart the horn book used in that school, and I will call the child able to read the soul made from that school and its horn book. Do you not see how necessary a world of pains and troubles is to school an intelligence and make it a soul? A place where the heart must feel and suffer in a thousand diverse ways. Suffering. Be gone, right? For First Peter declares Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. So in the church it is all spirit all the way down. Oops. All the way up. It is victory, overcoming, resurrection, always rising. Be blessed. Up, up, and away in your beautiful balloon. Even though St. Paul does get it right when he writes that we preach Christ and him crucified, not risen, because without suffering we do not increase self-awareness, we do not develop character, we do not deepen into our true self. The first definition of psychology, study of soul, occurred in 1653. Psychology is a doctrine which searches out man's soul and the effects of it. This is the part without which a man cannot exist. Whoa! For the most part, academic psychology does not even acknowledge soul. It is rats in mazes and statistics and evidence-based therapies aimed at symptom relief. Academic psychologists or scientists who use observation and experimental evidence to arrive at valid conclusions. That's about as soulless as one can get. What happened to the soul, psyche, in psychology? In the actual work of psychotherapy, we begin in the down position. We could imagine that the the psychotherapist's sitting room is the latest incarnation of the confessional booth, Here we begin by confessing where our life is what? Stagnant, painful, failing, meaningless, suffering in some way? Could it be that soul is trying to get our attention? If we ignore our pain on the emotional, psychological, relational realms, the pain finally rolls down into the body, It's the psyche's last-ditch effort to bring us down into our soul's suffering. Richard Rohr writes that Jesus' primary metaphor for the mystery of transformation is the sign of Jonah. Jesus tells the growing crowds it is an evil and adulterous generation that wants a sign. And then he says the only sign he will give is the sign of Jonah. As a Jew, Jesus knew well the graphic story of Jonah the prophet, who ran from God and was used by God almost in spite of himself. Jonah was swallowed by a whale and taken where he would rather not go. This was Jesus' metaphor for death and rebirth. Rather than look for impressive apparitions or miracles, Jesus said we must go inside the whale's belly for a while. Then and only then will we be spit out on a new shore and understand our call, our place, and our purpose. Paul wrote about reproducing the pattern of Jesus' death and thus understanding resurrection. Unless we have gone down, we do not know what up is. Unless we descend, we won't long for and make inner space for ascent. This is the only pattern Jesus promises us, and we see it mirrored in other traditions as well. Native religions speak of winter and summer. Mystical authors speak of darkness and light. Eastern religions speak of yin and yang or the Tao. Christians call it the paschal mystery. All point to the same necessity of both descent and ascent in that order. The Paschal Mystery is the pattern of transformation, and it is indeed a mystery. That is, it is not logical or rational at all. We are transformed through death and rising, probably many times in our lifetime. For some cosmic reason, there seems to be no better crucible of growth and transformation. This is soul. We seldom go freely into the belly of the beast. Unless we face a major disaster, such as the death of a friend, child, or spouse, or the loss of a marriage or career, we usually will not go there. As a culture, we have to be taught the language of dissent because we are by training capitalists and accumulators. Mature religion shows us how to enter willingly and trustingly into difficult periods of life. These hard passages are good teachers. We would prefer clear and easy answers, but questions offer the greatest potential for opening us to transformation. We try to change events in order to avoid changing ourselves. We must learn to stay with the pain of life without answers, without conclusions, and some days without meaning. Well, I'm going to leave you in the belly of the whale for a while until we pick up the second part of a soulful spirituality.
1: Did the best I could do, but the best I could tell. The higher I flew, the farther I fell, born in the mud, raised in the wild, washed in the blood, of oh. God's problem. shine, it's a following. off.